0: Hi, this is Chelsea Vale. You have found The Whole Heart Podcast, a podcast for conscious parents who want to do things differently. Parenting the whole heart way is about love, connection, play, and raising our children naturally. It can get, at times, a little bit crunchy. Let's jump in. When I first started a podcast, I had no intentions of my podcast necessarily being a Waldorf podcast. But this seems to be a term that, for me, umbrellas or encompasses everything that I love and have learned my entire career. I've worked with um, children and families for um, almost 15 years now, and I've read every book that's out there. I've watched all these programs. I've studied Mister Rogers and Gary Landreth and Rudolph Steiner and you know some of the you know gurus, I guess, of conscious parenting and um, you know no drama discipline and and, and fringe parenting and Danish parenting. And I've read all of this, and what I notice is across the board. Or the themes are the same, you know. Um, none is necessarily better than the other. Really, the the core of all of them is to um, recognize that our child is developing um, in a very unique and, and beautiful way. And to be with the child, to accept them for who they are, to empathize with them, to acknowledge their feelings, to provide rich sensory experiences, opportunities to play and interact with others, and experience the world without artificial, um, intervention. And if you're listening to the podcast, because you consider yourself a Waldorf parent or a Waldorf advocate, you're definitely still in the right place because all of those things, um, that I mentioned, they all kind of fall under Waldorf. And when I first discovered Waldorf, I went, this is everything that I've learned and everywhere else. This is, this is a hundred year old, you know, um, Educational philosophy, and this is everything. This is play therapy. This is conscious discipline. This is no drama. This is, you know, all of this stuff that I've been reading and learning and loving because it. It is all just about, it's a philosophy of being with a child. And when I was a play therapist or a teacher or a child life specialist or any other career I've had, the only way to really be successful at working with children and definitely in raising children is being with the child. And I'm noticing on social media and um, you know, in some different groups and things that I'm a part of, mothers are having such a hard time because they're choosing a philosophy, they're giving themselves a label, and they're getting lost in the rules or the guidelines and forgetting the whole purpose of it is to really just be with your child and provide that um, love and acceptance and nurturing and avoid artificial intervention. And I'll get into that as I break down the different obstacles that can come into play in our our modern society that prevent us from, you know, the goal that we are, you know, trying to reach. So if you're trying to be be Waldorf, and I'm gonna say Waldorf, um, and I want that term to mean basically being with your child. Waldorf is a way of being human, and the study of being human is is anthroposophy, which is what Waldorf was founded on. So when I use the term Waldorf, I want you to see that as that is just a, a way of being. With the child physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, right? So that's what I mean when I talk about Waldorf. So one thing I just really want to get you know away from is try to avoid getting in, in the box of it and really open your mind and recognize that you are Waldorf. Waldorf is not a toy or a book or a song or a movie or anything like that, it is a way of being. And if you think of it as you are a Waldorf and what you do with your child and for your child is what's right. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to break it down for you. So just try not to get stuck on what others are doing or wearing or have. But if you can find creative solutions to your obstacles and if you are modeling um, learning about life and learning about relationships, and if you can model for your for your children the different struggles that you're having as a parent or a friend or a, a wife or mother, uh, father, anything like that. Then, then you're you're doing what you should be doing. Modeling for them and um, finding creative solutions to things is also part of the goal. That's where the learning is going to take from. So, uh, or, or I'm sorry, the learning is going to come from. One thing that comes up um, a lot of times on some of these, you know, Waldorf, If I'm going to say Waldorf Facebook pages or Instagram, you know, social media um, involving how do I, you know, play with my child? How do I set up my my playroom or my classroom at home? Or um, even my classroom, I get followed by a lot of kindergarten parents and things like that. They get stuck on budget. Creative solution is the goal here. So, you know, you don't need to buy all of the expensive toys. Sure, there are some that are fantastic and they're beautiful, and we aspire to these beautiful, you know, Instagrammable images and all of that. But um, some of the things that you can provide for your child don't cost any money at all, are actually the better things like boxes. A box can be a spaceship, a car, a house, a lemonade stand. Just save those boxes, get out a Sharpie marker and either draw things on there for your children and, and create different things out of the boxes, get some tin foil and some ribbon, punch some holes in things, or let them do that or do that with them depending on the age that they are. Crayons, rocks, sticks, sand, rock salt and beans can be you know sensory boxes. And some people say, well, I can't afford one of those sensory bins. Then don't, I can't afford one either. I can't afford to spend $200 on a sensory bin when I have a muffin tin that does the exact same thing or a foil tin that I you know, used last Thanksgiving to put the turkey in and I saved it thinking it was going to come in handy, dump some rock salt in there and you've got you know, the North Pole and then you get a bunch of little figurines or, or let the kids decide what they would like to go in this sensory bin. Beans, Rice, quinoa, all of those things. That's all the sensory bin. You don't have to go buy the expensive, you know, kin- kinetic sand or whatever it's called. Your kids don't need that kind of stuff. You can get dirt from the earth. You can get potting soil, whatever's left over, and dump it in a bin, and that's what your child wants to play with. They're going to find things, you know, around the house to play with. So don't get caught up on on the budget. In fact, I think garage sales, goodwill antique stores some of those have actually like the best you know toys because you can find all sorts of like little figurines and you know things that other people thought you know were trash old watches and wallets and you know glasses where the the lenses have been popped out um if it looks like junk to somebody it might be treasure to your child so take your kids in there too and see what do they What are they drawn to? What are they picking up? Are these some, you know, hacky sacks or bean bags Are there old marbles and crochet boards, chess boards that are, you know, wooden? Some of the best stuff can be found in antique stores for almost nothing because, you know, you're not going in there buying fine china. You're buying old toys. And very few people go in there for old toys. And so the prices are not gonna be astronomical. So, you know, don't get caught up on budget. You can also... Recycle items from, you know, whatever I throw in the recycling bin, I typically look at it and think, could this be play food? If you tape up the box, you know, pretty well, or if it's a can and it's been open, tape around it to where your child can't cut their fingers, but you can use recycled items to make, you know, play kitchen. Loose parts are fantastic to put in, in clay or beeswax or um, just to, you know, stamp with as they're painting. You can use corks, buttons, marbles, cut up some fabric squares from an old blanket. You can even dye silk with vegetables and fruits. In fact, Pinterest can be such a fantastic resource. If you just type into Pinterest, you know, natural dye, you'll see all kinds of different blogs and YouTube videos on, you know, how to dye something with you know, beets or blueberries or whatever else. And that in itself is an activity for your child. But you also have these beautiful silks or bandanas that you've dyed or old t-shirts that you've cut up into squares. And those are toys for your children. They will turn them into, you know, something that they that they need um, to play with. Other things that I've, I've noticed or other obstacles, I guess, um, that I hear from parents are, are, are weather, right? So if you're thinking about Waldorf, you know, it talks a lot about spending time you know, outside in nature, being in the woods. Well, you know, maybe you live in Hawaii and you're thinking, well, I don't have woods or I don't have creek or I don't have these beautiful, you know, teepees that I've seen in these Waldorf books. But that's because, you know, the, the, wherever Waldorf was founded and where it's, you know, really taken off, that is where a lot of these families live is these beautiful, natural, woodsy settings. But one of the top Waldorf schools in the nation of, of America is where I'm, where I'm filming this or recording this podcast is in Chicago, Right in the middle of downtown Chicago, and if you've ever been to Chicago, you can't go, you know, twenty or thirty miles, you know, and you're still in the city. It's urban everywhere. I probably was exaggerating with that mileage, but that's what it feels like when you're there. You feel like you're in there forever. Um, it's a really big urban city, um, but you can bring the outside in, um, regardless of, of where you are. But create settings indoors. You can set up campsites with, you know, teepees. You can set up a sandbox and make the beach. You can FaceTime, find a pen pal. Um, in different settings around the world through um, social media and get your kids to FaceTime with them. Show me what's outside in your world. Show me what you guys are doing in your Waldorf community today or in your home. What are you guys playing with? What are you building? What are you making? That's ways that we can expand. That's ways that we can use media to um, enrich our children's experiences. But even if you are in an urban setting, you can take walks outside, go to community gardens, find street art wherever you are and talk about the colors and the shapes and the textures. You can visit cafes and call ahead, ask them can we come back there and can my child put on a, a hairnet and an apron and see how you guys, you know, knead the bread and, and bake? Can we see how things are prepared for people to make, um, you know, different dishes and things like that? Or could maybe could you go to a pizza store and you know, watch how they're making things from you know behind the glass. There's beautiful field trips that you can plan with your children. Go to a toy making shop, post office, firefighter. Go to the you know police station, um, glass blowing. You can even go to a, to see a cobbler at you know your your local. We we call it a shoe hospital here in Austin, but um, all of these types of things, seeing how things are made and built and created, these are all really great. Field trips and learning opportunities for your kids. So, being in an urban setting should not, um, you know, hold you back from educating your child at home or providing that Waldorf inspired um, type of education and magical childhood. Think about the things that Mr. Roger did. He always had a, f- a field trip to go on and, and all of his shows, and the children just really ate it up because that's what they're looking for. They want to see. How things are made and built and done, and they want to see adults interacting and they want to see plays and musicals, and they want to play outside and climb and build, and um, they're such doers at this age, and that's what Rudolf Steiner really talked about was from zero to seven we're doers, and that's what these kids are are, are really needing. Another obstacle that some parents have presented is weather um, they say well we we live in Alaska or we live in Finland, or we live you know all of these you know different places, and it's too cold for us to really spend a lot of time outside. And that's okay. I mean, of course, there's tons of different gear out there if you can afford it that um, you know allows your children to stay outside for you know chunks of time. But I understand some of these places, it's just not livable to really be outside for any um, length of time. In fact, there's parts of the US where it's just bitter cold and your child just really doesn't need to be outside for very long. Bring the outside in. Make herb boxes in the house. Keep a flower box um, in the house. Create sun catchers or wind chimes with your kids. Um, you can even order in you know, different types of, um, of fruits and vegetables and harvest and things like that and um, still do a lot of nature play indoors with things that you're bringing into the home. That shouldn't be um, an obstacle. In fact, just looking outside and talking about the beautiful things that you're seeing as the seasons change provides some beautiful benefit as well. So don't get stuck on you know, how much outdoor time your child is getting every day, because it varies depending on where you live. Even in Austin, Texas, you know, the month of July is actually so hot here that certain ages just really shouldn't be outside for any length of time. And the, you know, the sun can can just be so brutal um, that unless you're in water and under shade at the same time, it's just not feasible for the whole month of July. Um, but, you know, I don't let that hold back our play. We get really creative with with our play and it's not always about being outdoor even though Waldorf does really advocate for getting in nature and enjoying outdoor play and free play and all of that. Sometimes there are obstacles but we need to find creative solutions because remember you are Waldorf. You are your child's teacher. Another thing that's um, come up as sort of an obstacle to adhering to um, Waldorf way or Waldorf expectations is um, space. You know some parents say we don 't really have any space around our house, but i I really encourage you to try to get creative with where you're storing some materials for your child to play with you don 't necessarily have to have a playroom. in fact, I actually tell parents don't have toys and playthings in your child 's room because the room needs to be a place for sleep. But wherever you store your blankets, you can store your play silks and make sure your child knows that they're there and they're accessible. Um, You can have a bin of the kitchen toys in the kitchen cabinets, right? If you just have like um, a bright colored bin and your child knows that those are for them, you can keep the kitchen toys in the kitchen cabinets, put all the play food in the pantry. You can hang their role play items on hangers in their closets or in an empty drawer somewhere. I've seen children's books stacked next to their beds as sort of a bedside table, and they just slide out one before bed or slide out before nap time or whenever it is that you're reading your stories um, and keep them stacked just next to the bed. Um, you can have baskets filled with um, blocks or other open-ended materials underneath a coffee table or underneath a kitchen table, depending on how your home is set up. Um, shoe hangers can be fantastic for hanging on doors and holding... Art supplies, Play Doh, figurines. Um, in fact, in my home, we have a closet under the stairs um, that we've turned into a little play space as well. I've just put a couple of tables back there and some cars and um, like a road map for them to play on. And then I've hung. Um, like a chalkboard and put some chalk, but you know, it's, space shouldn't be an obstacle either. Uh, Remember your child is looking to you to find creative solutions. And if you can stretch your imagination in your adult world, you're modeling for them how to stretch their imagination as, um, as children in their world. Some people say I can't really do Waldorf because there's not a Waldorf school school near us, and you know we both work, and so we don't really want to homeschool or we can't homeschool. Um, or perhaps there is a Waldorf, you know, in your area, and you know you can't afford to go to it, which is totally um, reasonable because they're they're very expensive. Private schools are very expensive, but I encourage you not to stop there. You can still provide, um, you know, these types of really rich sensory experiences and. Open play and and anthroposophy is a, a way of being in your home. So if you turn off the TV, you have open ended um, items in your home. You are not relying on artificial intervention. In other words, you don't have a bunch of technology doing everything for you in the home. Finding ways to really take it back. I kind of quote sometimes. or I tell people, take it back to the pioneer days. Okay, that's what I try to tell people about about Waldorf sometimes. Is because um, you know th- when all of this started, there weren't people doing things for us. We didn't delegate responsibility as often as we do now to technology. Um, and that's what it's doing to our young children is um, creating the mindset that everything should be done for us and will be done for us and could be done for us. And we don't really have to do anything. And it's also lessening their confidence in their own abilities because they're not really doing for themselves and for others as much as they used to. And the lack of chores and important work um, is just, just increasing. Um, and it's changing the inner workings of the child and their strength and confidence and, and abilities. And um, if you want to go so far as to say that it's even impacting brain development, it is because we're not doing as much with our hands and bodies at young ages that builds the brain and readies the brain for um, other things as they mature and develop. And so, You know, even if you can't send your child to a Waldorf school, you can still incorporate chores and, um, you know, baking together, cooking together, knitting, creating toys, upcycling things, making your own clothes, decreasing the media, taking things back a notch, simplifying things um, in your home, and keeping things organized and clean. Avoiding, um, you know, media influences on your toys and your and your music and in your car and and all of that. Having conversations as a family, providing rhythm in your home, recognizing the changes of the seasons, eating what's local, eating what's um, seasonal, and things like that. All of those things can be incorporated, and you don't necessarily have to be. Under the label of Waldorf, okay? So any of these obstacles, um, you're doing yourself and your child a disservice if you use those obstacles and as an excuse not to move forward with a philosophy that you um, are drawn to or believe in because that pull in your heart, that tug that this fits us is because what Waldorf really is, is the most natural Um, instinctive way of being together as a family and being um, in the world and and not of the world. And it doesn't have anything to do with your educational philosophy or your religion. It really just is about stripping it back and being present um, as a parent and as a family. Thank you so much for listening. Season two was a lot more about Waldorf education than I really intended, but season three is going to be more about Um, parenting from a lot of different perspectives. Some of the different curriculums that I mentioned in this episode will be mentioned in the next season, but I will really dive into a lot of tips and tricks and tools for working with young children and raising our children. A lot of it will be really just about being present with them and how we should be viewing them from a loving, empathic perspective. And then some of it will also be on the work that we need to do on ourselves to really be present and and parent our children consciously. So um, I thank you so for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so so you don't miss out on the next season's episodes. And if you could follow me on join whole heart on Instagram, I post a lot of information on there, especially in my stories. You'll see a lot of examples of um, things that I do with my children and then also how I live my life in Austin and um, just as a person in general. And I hope that you find it helpful and inspiring. Um, And I also have a YouTube. If you want to go check it out, you can just type in whole heart, Chelsea Vale, and you'll see a variety of different Um, videos on there with various um, tips and tools that I'll be talking about in the next season. Thank you so much for listening. Be well.